This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. This is the BBC. Hello, this is Podcasting House, and if you've never joined us before, this is a service we provide for you. We put in front of you a suggestion, uh, a first step of a podcast you might like to subscribe to. And then if you like it, you can go on over to BBC Sounds, if you're in the UK, and subscribe there and download it. Uh, With me, I have Eli. Hello. And I'm Rianne. I didn't introduce myself. Hi, Rianne. Very rude. (laughs) I'm Rianne. But Eli has today's suggestion. Yeah, today uh, we're going to listen to Drag Queen's Den. Now, just a little audio warning at the top. There's some uh, there can be some strong language, some kind of crazy things discussed uh, from time to time. Um, this is, well, it's by and large, it's a bunch of drag queens talking about the drag scene, both in the UK and the US. Uh, in this uh, episode, we hear from Michelle Visage. I know, is, I know her. She's on RuPaul. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, kind of a, a serious eminence in the world Absolutely. of drag. Absolutely. Do yeah. you watch RuPaul? Uh, I don't watch it regularly, Rhianne. I'm going to be entirely honest. <gasps> I love it. Yeah? Okay. Anyway, yeah. more later. So this isn't... The name might make you think that this is some kind of thing like, like Dragon's Den, where somebody's investing in something else. It's not like that. It's just uh, people in for a chat, really. Um, they have great rapport. Um, I really like the host. Uh, so give it a listen. You might like it too. This is Radio One's Drag Queen's Den. Right, queens, just to give you the warning, drag queens can be a little bit rude, and we often say words like and If these things offend you, please go and listen to another show on BBC Sounds. Cooey! I'm Glyn Fussell, and this is Radio One's Drag Queen's Den, your weekly dose of fabulous queens across the scene, from RuPaul to Liverpool. <laughs> Coming up, we've got an extra special show for you. An extended interview with the first lady of drag, Michelle Visage. She'll be spilling all her Drag Race UK secrets in the studio alongside Jackie Potato. Plus, we're speaking to Jade from Little Mix. I am gagging for my first guest. She is the first lady of drag. We are joined by Michelle Visage. Hi. Oh, my God. It's so good to have you here. Thank you. Happy to be here. And representing in the UK corner, Stoke-on-Trent, she's everybody's favourite carbohydrate. It's Jackie Potato. Wow. (laughs) Stoke-on-Trent, the home of Robbie Williams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Lemmy from Motorhead. Yeah, oh, well. And Jackie Potato. (laughs) And Jackie Potato. So what do you know about Stoke-on-Trent, Michelle? Um, I know that Robbie Williams is from there. Yeah. I know it's in the north. Great sense of humour. Great sense of humour. Very self-deprecating um, in Stoke-on-Trent. Yeah. How are you, Jackie? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Marvellous to be here. Oh, it's nice <sighs> to have you here. Well, look, what an exciting time for drag. Yeah. Right? Tis. You are currently in the West End. Mm. You are getting rave reviews. Oh, go on. And everybody's talking about Jamie. Thank you. And it's been so insane, actually, because... Um, Believe it or not, that show in its very early days was researched at Sink the Pink at mm-hmm. the club night that was I ran. It? it was. They sat there. In well, the Sheffield days? No. Well, no. So it's before it was. They used to come to. We used to have a club night in a in a working men's club. Yeah. So it was the most similar thing I in the them. East End. Yeah. You need to go. It was amazing. And uh, Jackie was there. I was there. And it was messy, like really messy. They and usually are, aren't they? Totally messy. Yeah. yeah. And they used to come and just watch us. 
what was going on. So they then being Dan and Tom McRae. So the writers. Yeah, exactly. And just kind of get a sense of what was going on. They probably then ignored everything and just started again. <laughs> to be honest, probably quite wise. So tell me about the show. You are playing. I am playing Miss Hedge. Who is from Sheffield. She's from Sheffield. So are you doing a Sheffield accent? I am. Go on. She's a careers teacher. Because um, that's a really difficult accent to it's, do. It's not that it's difficult. I, I would think that a Scouse accent or a Glaswegian accent or Cardiff would be much yeah. more difficult. But you're from New Jersey, right? I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> so New Jersey to Sheffield. Very different. But um, our director, Johnny Butterell, is from Sheffield. He's a lovely and guy. I've met him. Gorgeous. Everything about him. Yeah. His aura, his face, yeah. his hair. He's just, perfect hair. He really is. Stick just, on. Put it on. Take yeah, it off. He's just so lovely. Yeah. He's from Sheffield. Michaela, my vocal coach, my dialect coach, she's from Sheffield. Um, a lot of the cast is from Sheffield. So it got to a point when I auditioned, and I had to audition. I don't want people to think that I was just handed this. Come on. No, Did you really? Swear, audition. Go on, Michelle. Um, they offered it to me on the spot, but I still had to audition. And I was gigging in Brighton, and I had to learn the song from the drive down from Brighton to London and pop into the audition, sing it. Like, it was that. Oh, intensive. Wow. I had yeah. no time to learn it. Um, and I'm wheezing because I'm a bit pearly. Oh. Um, but as far as the accent goes, when I auditioned, I said, listen, I don't want to make a mockery out of the show or yeah. myself. I'm from New Jersey. I have a, I worked really hard to get rid of my Northeastern accent. So it's not really there. Yeah. Like if I talked like I was from New Jersey, it would sound like oh, that. Yeah. I would have loved it. It's my favorite accent. I went to theater college and they banged it out of my yeah. body because my mother's from Brooklyn and I grew up in New Jersey. So it was a really big combo platter of horrendousness. But um, I said to them, the teacher is not a nice character at the core of it. And I yeah, think nice. that yeah. I don't think she's not a nice person. I think the character and we'll get into that in a minute in my how I dissected her my point of view versus Tamsin, the amazing, amazing actress Tamsin Carroll, who was the original. Yes. Miss Hedge. That. But the, and she's amazing. Yeah. The point is, um, I said to Johnny B, I was like, she can be American. She'll be hated more if she's American. Yeah. And he was like, no. <laughs> he said, well, we'll talk about it. But yeah. he said, do your worst to Northern accent. I And I love, I have an affinity for Northerners. Um, I yeah. love all of the UK, obviously. You are almost English, really. I Let's be you. honest. You're I here a affinity. lot. I'm You're here, here a lot. lot. A lot of people are here a lot, but I've been here a lot since I was 13. It's the yeah. first time I came over and I fell in love. And I often say that in a past life, oops, in a past life, I was obviously British. Yeah. You know, whether you believe in it or not, I do yeah. in past lives. Um, I can't. I people... feel like that about Australia. See, I go, some people yeah, I really do. like that. I feel Australia. like that. Yeah. I'm like that over here. I don't know why, because I hate the cold. So when I was learning the accent, um, it was an honor for me that John McCree, who plays Jamie, the brilliant, brilliant John McCree, said he was doing a talk recently with a whole bunch of American people that were over, and they had no idea that I was American. That was the biggest compliment. I'm going to tell you something, actually. A friend of mine went recently, and they were like, the woman playing the teacher, I recognized her. I recognized her all the way through. And I was like, it's Michelle Visage. Get the fuck out. <laughs> so you're doing a great job because they did not know. And yeah. they are big Ru- uh, RuPaul fans, RuPaul Drag Race. Well, that says a lot about them if they didn't know that was me know, seeing. They're obviously very drunk. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm playing. Um, she's a teacher. And in my head, she grew up in the council houses and she got out and she went to uni and she right. got a master's degree. Mm. And she's a teacher and she ended up back 
in the council house's teaching. And oh, she's right. So she's bitter. Bitter, bitch. angry, mm-hmm. can't hold a man. Yeah. So yeah. it's not that, in my eyes, the way I'm playing it is different to the way Tamsin played it. In my eyes, she loves Jamie. She loves that he's gay. She doesn't have a problem with that. She has a problem with him not listening to her. She's trying to say, listen, yeah. I've done this. It's not going to work out the way you think it is. Save it. The, t- the school is not the time or the place to do this. Stop it and start listening to me. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you're good, but not here. Right, you little buggers. Get in touch with me at the hashtag R1 Drag Queen's Den. So listen, I've um, spoken to a lot of people and a thing that really interests me always is the motivation for drag. Mm. Why? Because I think everybody's is very different of why they get to that point, you know? Like, mine was to just go wild mm. and be a crazy nutbag. And so came, do you do drag? I used to. Yeah. Well, if you if you call it drag, I don't know. I mean, Drag I, you, is relative. I think so. And, and I personal. Think, exactly. I totally agree. It's about... It's about your motivation and mm. about your journey to get there. Mm. You know, and I think that people come from all different places. Do you, because in a weird way, you get held in the same breath as all the drag queens. Mm. You know, what was your route? I moved to New York City from New Jersey when I was 17 years old to go to musical theater yeah. college, uni, you would call it. Yeah. And... um my mother said to me, we didn't have computers back then because I'm old. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have cell Hello. phones because I'm old. But um, she said to me, you need to go out. The place that we met people were bars and clubs. Right. And that's how you were discovered in New York City in the 80s. And and that's just what it was. Yeah. I didn't have an ID. And I never drank. I, never, I was never a drinker. So my mother got me a fake ID. And she sent it to my Good dorm. Mom. Yeah. And she said, now you're going to go. You have no excuses. I used to go home on the weekends to go to the, the underage clubs in New Jersey. She said, you're in New York City now, and you're going to make it happen. Oh, my God. Go so on. That, wow. So I just she got me a fake ID. She was amazing, my mother. Rest in peace. I go, and um, I went by myself. And what? I dragged. That is bold. I know it was. But I, my roommate in college said, I'll meet you there. And, and she did later on. But I remember walking in a club called The Underground that obviously doesn't exist anymore, but... Mm, few do and I walked down these steps and I was nervous I didn't know anybody but yeah. I thought well I'm gonna go dance so I go down these steps and this beautiful beautiful brown skin obviously flamboyantly gay boy comes up to me and he said what's your name and I was literally looking around like me yeah because yeah. I was obviously New Jersey big frosted hair baby pink lips fake yeah. tan <laughs> that wasn't big Heaven. in New York City New York, to here yeah. I was full on Essex or yeah. Liverpool yeah. yeah but there yeah. Yeah. it was obviously New Jersey and they would yeah. call people bridge and tunnel and that was not good oh we say that too yeah do you yeah yeah, yeah. so I was bridge and tunnel yeah. full on but I owned it and I felt really hot. Yeah. yeah. Like my stomach was out. The the guy at the door was like, I'm going to call you abs. And I was like, okay. So I walk <laughs> into this beautiful boy whose name is David. He's no longer with us. Um, brought me down the steps. And he was like, come come, hang out with us. And I was like, okay. He literally looked at me in the face and said, You're the mo- you have the most beautiful face I have ever seen in my yes. entire life. And as a 17-year-old girl who grew up feeling ugly, feeling not wanted, never fit in, nobody understood my weirdness. I was obsessed with Sid Vicious. Nobody got my punk rock pass. Mm. I finally felt like somebody is getting me. And then he took me down the steps and brought me to this weird back room. And it sounds like it's some sex shop. I swear to you, it wasn't. <laughs> it was a room of like 20 to 30 of the weirdest, craziest, gayest freaks I've ever seen in my life and and I often say Dorothy clicked her heels three times and ended up back you know in Kansas I clicked my heels three times and ended up on Christopher Street in New York City Yeah, with mm-hmm. the community which is why 
Um, I get a lot of flack for calling myself part of the community, but I've always only known it to be part of the community. That's where I felt at home. That's why there have been people along the way that have used the community to garner them attention or a better career. Mm -hmm. I will never, ever, ever leave the community because it's always been a home base for me. Yeah. Everything, even my days in radio, where I can't, couldn't really focus on, like in music, in my pop music, I could. Right. On the radio, you can't really focus on just a community. My nails keep slashing the microphone. Well, they are now. serious nails, <laughs> Thank Michelle. You. Um, I felt like I'm home, and this is where I was always meant to be. So, drag for me. I grew up on the cotton teats of drag queens. so I guess there's an identifiable thing there yes, about me, feeling like the weirdo or yeah. the underdog or feeling misrepresented. Right. You know? I think that that is a lot of things that drag queens yes. have. Little weird kids. Jackie, I know that you were a very weird kid. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And you identify with the whole punk thing that Michelle's talking about. So what was your motivation for getting into drag? Well, I'd sort of like always sort of touched on it a little bit, like playing with mum's makeup in, in the mirror when no one was looking at home. Yeah. But then that turned into Halloween parties and wanting to be like gregarious and have fun. and Like come out of your shell. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So Halloween parties, I would always dress as like Frida Kahlo or some sexy space vixen or, this, or Susie Me Sue too. and did, all that sort of stuff. Didn't you do Dame Barbara Cartland one I did yeah. Dame oh Barbara Cartland yeah. as well. Epic. Yeah, and, and, Google her, kids. And, and then I started to sort of like hang out with um, some people in East London like uh, Lyle from Vogue Fabrics and Johnny Wu and John Sizzle and saw the kind of drag Johnny that Wu they were doing. Genius. Yeah, and the kind of drag that they were doing was very loose as well. So it was kind of... A, it's very a, British. Yeah, yeah, and very um, irreverent and like, like, you know, which is fabulous. Even if we, you know, aren't put together in the most amazing way, doesn't matter, still fabulous. Yeah, yeah but it's the thing, that's the confusion that we should, we should talk upon. Yeah. Dra- drag has been around hundreds of years, way before RuPaul's yeah. Drag Race. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be around way after RuPaul's Drag Race. Even if we never have another drag television show, yeah. it's going to be around. It's yeah. going to exist. So because of what you see on RuPaul's Drag Race, I think that there's a lot of people who feel that they're not good enough in drag. or they're right. not. Yeah. But that's not true. I think just like you're saying, yeah. um, th- there's all different angles of drag. RuPaul's yeah. Drag Race as a television show, we're, we're very specific. It's yeah. what we do. That's what it's not. Because it's a TV show. Correct. As well. And it's what we're presenting. It's, it's not what drag is. Ru started out as what you're describing. Ru has always been that. Mm-mm-mm. Androgynous. He, he's from the New York F. underground. Yeah, yes. that's very much our background, actually, where we come and, and our drag. Glug, 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 Jackie. It's all water, guys. Yeah. It's all water. You need Thirsty. to hydrate, babes. Otherwise, you'll turn into powder. Um, but what are, the, what are the biggest differences do you see in the UK and the US drag scene, regardless of television? Well, I think Jackie just, just hit upon it. I think there's, a, there's an unfinished edge to British drag, which makes it quintessentially British. Yeah. Which is what I love. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that we'll see that on RuPaul's Drag Race UK. I don't think that we're. I don't want people to think that we're just going for the fully polished. No, yeah, you know, right. And you've and and Ru- RuPaul's Drag Race has had in the past some like really sort of like out there characters we as have. well, like Tammy yeah. Brown. And, I mean Sharon Needles, especially. Like I think that that. But was Sharon the, is polished though. Now she, she even then, if you watch her season yeah. four. She was polished in her way. That's what I'm saying. It's all... Jinx was a bit... Jinx was very messy at the yeah. beginning. But it's all... Um, and I wrote her for it. Yeah. But she ended up... It was, a, it was a cocoon into a butterfly story. I love yeah. Jinx. And it's not... Oh, she's one of my favorite people Amazing. on the planet. And it's not that it wasn't 
good then. It was good then. It just, I knew it could be better. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm Do you know? You so mean. why not mm-hmm. strive for the best? How is it going to translate then onto the, onto the Beeb? How, uh, what are you looking for that's different? It's going to translate beautifully. Yeah. Tell Marvelously. It, it, the magic of drag is, um, it's like the language of love. Everybody gets it at this point, thanks to RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. And, and I want, you know, along with the love comes tons of hate. Because um, social media as well. It's just an angry, angry place. Yes. And I wish it wasn't. Oh, isn't it just? Because it brings me back to what I was just saying about when I first got involved with community, um, they welcomed me with open arms no matter. It yeah. didn't matter that I was a cis hetero female. Yeah. I was just me. Isn't that and the, they loved isn't that the beauty? me no matter. Isn't that the beauty of our community? But that's what we're missing now. Because of the younger generation. Now, I'm not just going to blame the kids because I love the kids. Yeah. I have two kids. I have a queer daughter and a, a cisgender heteronormative daughter. Um, and we all get along famously. But neither one of them know about hate because, it, it, I mean, they know about it, but not when it, in regards to the community. So what's missing is the all-encompassing open arms that was there in the early 80s. We've got to nurture, I think, regardless, because I think if the one thing that we all know, it's oppression. And yes. so we've got to actually just be supporting each other. Jackie, have you felt support or have you felt ostracized by the scene at any point? I'm, I'm, I feel pretty well supported. Because you are you, in the scene, you know. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You have yeah. been propping up East London yeah. bars for 10 years. What, what I see like, is that... Hands. <laughs> I've seen you what, running in heels and, jock, and a jockstrap, just a jockstrap, all the way down the Kingsland Road. It's one of my favourite looks, darling. Yeah. And you know I loved Christine. it. Of course. Yes. I know Christine. I was a bit, I'm a bit yeah. Christine-like. Yeah. Christine's my, one of my favourites. My entry into drag was very that, because I was like really hedonistic and, yeah, just running around in a jockstrap. But always so did Rue, by the way. Yeah. That was Rue's thing. Jock straps and, and um, American shoulder pads, football American shoulder, shoulder pads. pads. Yeah, yeah. yeah, fab. Um, but I've always tried to sort of like be be like wild and a bit crazy and a bit hedonistic, but also try and have a few conversations with people. Yes. Before I sort of like, it, I think now with social media and stuff like that, there's, there's people are really ready to sort of like, because there's power in a comment and you can quickly slam someone for something, and, but I, then not delve, you know. there's not you know? power in it. There's not power in it if you don't give it the power. Well, yeah. well, I feel that we're almost, I see a lot of people making statements but not making conversations. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, people just literally saying things for shock value. Right. But not yeah. really ever wanting the conversation. You follow it up and it just gets stopped. Right. Yeah. I always say that I had my life before Sink the Pink, which is the, the club that I, I started. And um, it was fucking boring right. and dull and I didn't really like myself or know myself but through my community through people because I've known Jackie for probably about eight, nine, eight years nine, nine years that's nice. these are my friends for life we support each other we are there thick and thin right. but I do see it it is worrying that I feel like everything's accelerated now everything's like yeah. a million times faster because of social media yeah yes so what for can, better or for worse what can we do what can we do let's change the bloody world well what you can do is use your platform and be a voice and constantly say the same thing and drive it home and drive it home. Panty Bliss is a great oh, um, example yeah. I saw of her that. show in Australia recently. She's just a brilliant... And I had tears in the front row because it's powerful. And funny, too. Uh, amazing. And relatable. Yes. So Advocate, relatable. Um, lecturer, drag queen, um, HIV positive. Uh, she she does all great things for many she levels. She practices yeah. what she preaches she does, as well. Completely. And I think that's important yeah. for us 
to do it in the community, but it's going to help the youth to stop them in their tracks and yeah. say, stop that. What you're doing, listen, I was around, I'm 50. I've been around for a long time in this community. I think I started within the community. I, the first time I realized that this was my place was in 1986 in my senior year of high school where I stuck, stuck up for the one gay boy that people knew was gay in high school. And um, he was being made fun of by the straight boys who hated me anyway because I was a freak. So they didn't relate to me and I wasn't, you know. Um, so I stuck up for him and I realized, oh, I got a rush. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Somebody's telling me to do this. I didn't know that kid. We weren't friends because yeah. he was very quiet. But it, something felt right. So when I moved to New York and met David, um, that's where my journey began. And that's where I realized these people are people, too, despite who they love, despite who they're with, despite how they dress, despite what they yeah. look like. And I've gotten a lot of flack over the years for that. But I also got flack for dating black boys. And I was always out of the box. I think box. we're the same person, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I think we probably dated the same people. We may have, honey. We may have. So the point is, um, if you believe in something strongly enough, yeah. you're allowed to speak up for it and defend I, it. I think especially if you see someone going through hardship. Isn't that being a human? Of course. If you see someone vulnerable, you just want to help. Of course. Right. I get a lot yeah. of flack from parents at school who will say to me, why do you... Why are you such a gay rights supporter when you're a woman and you should be supporting women's rights? And I went, I didn't know gay rights was exclusive. Human rights. <laughs> Human rights, yeah. yeah I said, yeah. I'm a strong, staunch feminist as well. I believe in, in you know, female rights and, and women's rights and, and mother's rights and, yeah. you know, but mothers include trans women. Mother, you know, there's Completely. mothers include yeah. gay men. It, it's for me, it's about humanity. So yeah, why I are you asking agree. me why I do what I do? Now it's time for Drag Addicts and this week's guest, the slut-dropping beauty, Jade from Little Mix. Let me show you what you need. Ooh, chuck her in the Priory. It's Drag Addicts. Jade, my darling, thank you so much for joining us on Drag Queen's Den. Um, I understand that you're on a beach, is that correct? I am, I'm on my home. Well, we've got a few questions for you. Are you ready to take them? I am, always ready. All right, so listen, tell us, when did your addiction to drag begin? Ooh, well, I think my first sort of experience experience with drag was actually when I was really little and um, me and my family would go to Benidorm every year <laughs> for a cheap and cheerful holiday and we'd go and watch the drag and even from like a young age like five six years old I was just obsessed like I absolutely loved it but um it wasn't until I was like 20s really a few years ago and I was just sitting at home me and my friends were scrolling through Netflix and we finally found Drag Race and the rest is history really I mean I'm just absolutely obsessed. It's literally changed my life. <laughs> do you think it's got a lot to do with your hair, um, your hairdresser as well, maybe? Oh, yes. Yeah. So um, uh, my hairstylist, Aaron Carlo, when I moved to London, he sort of took me under his wing, took me around London to all the fabulous gay bars, all the drag. And corrupted you. Me all the drag acts. So I've got a lot to talk to him as well. Listen, what do you think makes you connected to the art of drag? I just think it's absolutely incredible. Like, it's an art form. You know, how these people sort of transform themselves, you know, especially when faced with sort of adversity that they can face in the public eye. And yeah. I think it's incredibly brave. And for me personally, it's made me a better performer. This sort of idea of, yeah, turning yourself into someone else, like an alter ego on stage. But yeah, I just absolutely love it. I've seen you perform many times and i got to be honest, you are a drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> I am. You are such a drag queen. <laughs> so listen, there's been lo we've spent lots of time together surrounded by drag queens, but 
I want to know, what's your most memorable and fabulous story of drag that sticks out to you? Oh, God, too many. Um, well, I've got I've got a top three, so I'll quickly bash through them all. All right, lovely. <laughs> but my first one's probably when I did the Power Music video and the Triple A girls agreed to be in it. Yes, that was a moment. And I was absolutely starstruck. We were shooting the music video on LA and the director had to come and like tell me to sort of calm down and like make sure I actually got in front of the camera and <laughs> remembered it was my music video, yeah, not yeah. this. <laughs> I was just standing like in awe of them. I love that. Um, and they were so lovely to me. and still... Uh, good friends with Courtney and Willem who every time I'm in LA messages amazing also um, oh when I met RuPaul that was get out when did that happen yeah I would literally for me like my two idols in life are RuPaul and Diana Ross and I'm just I still can't believe I met I was willing to buy a doll for a thousand dollars at the drag conference <laughs> just to meet RuPaul <laughs> that's, that's dedication that's where I was yeah <laughs> but luckily Michelle got us in there to meet up with them and he was so lovely he's very good at making anyone feel special do you think he knew who you were oh yeah he did which i was also like speechless about he just he thanked me for um for what i've been trying to do raising awareness and you do you do so wonderfully and yeah what i do for the community okay so listen finally everybody needs a drag queen name so what would be your drag queen name jade oh well willem did name us shanita nibbles because every time I go on a night out, I have some sort of snack in my bag. Do you know, I can actually vouch for you on that because I remember when you came to Sink the Pink and you opened your clutch bag and pulled out a Derrily Dunker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I always have to have a snack. You never know when you're going to need it. If you're absolutely steaming, you need a little, uh, a little snack. Well, listen, babe, so, thank you so much. You are officially a full-on drag addict. I am. I'm going to let you get back to the beach. Enjoy the sun, and I will catch up with you in a drag bar soon. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure, and All I'll right. see you soon. Loads of love, Jade. Kisses. Bye. Bye, babe. Bye. Oi, big boy. Greg, your radio show is... Thank you, Gordon. Radio 1 Breakfast with Greg James. This podcast is a daily bit of nonsense. Come and give, give us your unpopular opinion. I believe that dinosaurs do not exist. Oh, come on. Greg James. If it sounds like your thing, then download it from the new BBC Sounds app. That sounds fancy, doesn't it? I've seen you running in heels and a jockstrap, just a jockstrap, all the way down the Kingsland Road before. Look, I want to flip this now because there is a lot of it. UK, like UK drag scene, for me, is so exciting. Yeah. You've travelled around the UK yeah. a fair bit. So where, where are you loving in the UK for the drag scenes? Well, obviously London is yeah. great and all different parts of London has kind yeah. of different parts of drag, but there's... Liverpool, which is great. There's Manchester, which is probably Beyond. one of the strongest. Yeah, yes. the, those girls yeah. are. They, yeah. I mean, we're a bit scared of them, to be honest. They're so good. <laughs> they're really good. They are good. You should be scared, but they're a different kind of drag. You know, London traditionally has that kind of, and don't take this the wrong way, um, sloppy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it says in my script, sloppy drag. <laughs> yeah, it does. I but, wrote it. But it's. That's not a bad thing. No, because it's not without character. A hundred percent. And I love going to the Admiral Duncan and just kind of peeking in and watching those girls just <laughs> sing. And um, it's amazing. So there's that. And then there's Manchester, which is really gender F and but, fully but they've really, adorned. Yeah. They very much embrace the whole RuPaul's Drag Race aesthetic. 
and given it their own very British flair. Yes. I thought Manchester, those Manchester queens, if, if you met Lil Queen, she's... Of course. Oh, yeah. She's Lil amazing. is the Adore Delano of the, oh God, of the North. I adore. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just adore her. She's amazing. I do too. And she's um, And Cheddar Gorgeous is an unbelievable... Cheddar's my friend. Yes, there you go. And I just think that that those girls are absolutely nailing it. Jackie, yeah. we've we've done some jobs with them. Then there's Licorice Black, there's yeah. Anaphylactic, there's, you know, yeah. um, Grace Onnie Smith, who's who's trans oh, and yeah. one of my favorite I queens. Her. Yeah. My You've actually been in the Bethnal Green Working Men's Club. I have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think have. you did. I think you may have. Recently. Judged I did. something. Did I mean, you really? Yeah. Margot was there. Off. I mean, we messed that place up good and proper. I mean, they're still getting... It smells like it. It stinks. Mm. So I'll tell you, our dressing room used to be where this old dying cat used to be. Oh. And it was so... The cat room. The cat room. And it was so far from the toilet. I can smell it without even being Uh, there. Yeah, so far from the toilet (laughs) that we just used to all wee in the kitty litter tray. Oh, <laughs> lovely. Yeah, really nice. <laughs> lovely. How's Rue going to get on with the regional accents? He'll, he'll get it. Funny. It's the it's the Scouse, it's the Geordie. Right. It's the Northern yeah. I- Irish as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's one of my favourite accents hey, on Michelle. the planet. Hi, are you? I'm going to contour the shit out of this. I love it. Hi, are you? Hi, are you? One of our best friends, JonBenet Blonde, is, uh, <laughs> she's got a really thick, thick <laughs> accent that Rue would struggle with. It's one of my favourite accents yeah, on I the planet. Yeah, I love it. It's great. I don't think Northern Irish is as hard as Glasgow. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm and from, a drunken I'm, Glaswegian accent. Oh, have you right. been to Bristol? <laughs> yeah, I've done. So I'm from Bristol, mm-hmm. but I've 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 Londoned out the have accent. Have you poshed it out? A little bit, darling. Yeah. You know. But um, a, a really thick Bristol accent is is proper. Like yeah, but you can even go to like West Country or Cotswolds yeah. and. You get some of those farming queens up there. And, I mean, you, that's you know. the exciting thing, right? Imagine if, you know, Huddersfield queens and we get yeah. a queen right from Land's End. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Yeah, same. The magic of drag is, it's like the language of love. So what are your thoughts on female drag? Well, I am a drag queen. No, but I mean, yeah, you I are. I have it so tattooed true. on my thigh. Do you? Yeah, look, I'll show you. Get it out. I'm going to whip it out. Yeah, do it. Let's have a look. We're having a little look at this gorgeous... Oh, my God. Yes, you do. Drag queen. Oh, you've been dancing, haven't you, girl? That's a sturdy (laughs) thigh. Well, you know me, jumping up on tables. Um, (laughs) Female drag is, again, all relative. Because it's a real big thing right now, especially in London. Especially over here. Well, here's... At the end of the day... I've always considered my, myself a drag queen because I've always been called a drag queen, not just by Rue, who calls me a drag queen all the time, but by, you know, when I walked the whole ballroom circuit, I was always called a queen and a drag queen. So for me, it wasn't because... I never... It was never about genitalia. Yeah. It was never about birth identity, matching my gender. It was just, she's a, she's a drag queen. She's a queen. Yeah. yeah. Always. Yeah. So this whole shift in society has me a little bit like, wait a minute. So, um, you know, not to take anything away from the original, you know, the art of, of original drag, which is men and trans female, women. Mm, yeah. Female yeah. Um, Yes. And and I would never want to say, oh, you know, I've, I've always... No, because it is what it is, and I, and I honor that. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's grown now to anybody doing it. And you yeah. know, the thing yeah. is yeah. it wouldn't have grown without RuPaul's Drag Race. That's the weird thing because you go to the shows with all the girls and it's just girls. And like they now need... girls and young gays. But you know amazing. why? So good. For me, yeah. um, I've seen it shift. Yeah. When I started going out with the girls um, five years ago, six years ago, it was, you know, middle-aged gay men in gay bars. We didn't do big venues. Hi. Right, <laughs> right. Um, 
my my audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was home for me. Yeah. And then the audiences were getting younger and younger. Then I started seeing hetero couples coming together, yes. mothers and their kids, which to me, being a mother of a queer kid means a lot to see a mother standing by their queer child who's obviously struggling not just with identity but with self-love and acceptance. So the fact that their parents, sometimes fathers, are there with their kid, I take a second to always say thank you. To mom and dad for being there for your kid because more times than not, they're not. I know. That's Um, really powerful. Very powerful. So, yes to the girls, and I'm going to tell you why. Me being a 13-year-old girl, again, was bullied, didn't fit in. I mean bullied, beat up, bullied. My parents had to step in quite a few times. Um, Eating disorders, self-harm, all that stuff, right? Self-harm didn't exist then in my day the way it does now. But my self-harm was um, eating disorders very, very badly. Um, but because I never felt like I fit in and I didn't, boys didn't like me. Boys would call me ugly and fat and make fun of me. And um, I'm not trying to bring it down. I'm trying to prove a point. The point is, if I had something like RuPaul's Drag Race to look forward to, yeah. Yeah. maybe that wouldn't have happened. I can't say for sure. I think it, right. it's there for all the weird kids. Correct. All so the, the weirdos, the misfits, especially yeah. the girls who are at that tender age of 11, 12, 13, 14, who don't fit in. The boys or girls don't like them. They don't feel sexually attractive. They look in the mirror, hate their body because they're so used to looking at the Kardashians and knowing yeah. that they're never going to look like that. Or yeah. the girls on Tally, yeah. they're just not going to look like that. Beauty standards. Correct. Just, so like, Drag Race makes wow, them go, I can put Trixie Mattel's makeup on and uh, be okay. This is so yeah. true. I said the other day that... that Drag's like the new emo. It's become the new counterculture. Oh, my God. That's so right. It it really is. Do do you think that that's why... I mean, do you you think that one day we could have a girl on RuPaul's Drag Race, Jax? Sure. You decide. You can decide. Yeah. You've got that power. Yeah, absolutely. Georgie B, Fanny Minka. There's no reason why they they couldn't be there. I agree. Uh, But in in my head, I feel like it should have its own identity. Because I feel like... Because of the way drag started, mm. it's an honoring that process type of thing. Yeah. Um, so maybe I think trans women have gone through a different journey to get to where they are. Yeah. Um, it's a different standard. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be a one-off show. Well, I feel like it should yeah. have its own series. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Trans women and yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Bio identifying yeah. women. Yeah. So, look, yeah, I, the reality is... And I would love to be the host. Well, I think you're the only person that could be the host. Well, there's plenty out there that are amazingly talented, but um, I would love to be to make that happen. I mean, the crazy thing for me and is that... And Kings as well. Yeah, this is so true. I love it. I support it all. I you think know it's what amazing. I think as well, though, is that is, is the, is bio queen or sort of female drag and drag kings, like, it, it, is it as well that that's just a touch... N- more niche as well. It that, is way more niche. Yeah. The, so the, the transformation so is a broad different reach that for a TV program. No, of course it doesn't because it's newer. Yeah. So it took us ten years to get Drag yes. Race on the air. Yeah. So it's going to take time to get bio females. It's and very drag embryonic. On the air. We're in the embryonic Correct. stage. Correct. So we're figuring it out. Zygote even. Yes. Yes. But because I think maybe it'll live online first. Who knows? But at the end of the day, it has a place in my mind because that's how I identify and that's who I am and I want to see my people taken care of. But if you think about the process of a girl getting into drag versus um, a boy getting into drag, it's a whole different process. It's that motivation thing again that I was talking about earlier. It is. It's... And that's why I'm so fascinated by it because I think it, it's a lot of my girlfriends that are doing it. Their motivation is completely different right. than say why we wanted to do it, Jack. But that's you know? why I feel like it cuts them short, putting them in with 
right. voice on right. RuPaul's Drag Race, okay. yeah. where trans women and yeah. bio-identifying females right. should have their own, so we can follow their journeys, especially the, the trans women that still do drag. I love, it's so fascinating to me, because yeah. there's a lot that struggle in their mind of thinking, if I still do drag and I'm still a showgirl, does that make me not a woman? Which is in my mind, I think that, no, you yeah. are very much yeah. a woman. Yeah, You're just a showgirl, sister, you know? And I think that they deserve their own journey mm-hmm, mm-hmm, different mm-hmm. to the queens on RuPaul's Drag Race. Glug, 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 Jackie. It's all water, guys. Yeah. It's all water. You need to hydrate, babes. Otherwise, you'll turn into powder. Look, can drag change the world? That's a big one. Jackie? <laughs> Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know exactly how, but it's about it's about reaching more broadly, being trying to be non-judgmental, trying to be inclusive. You said trying, that's the operative word. Yeah. You know? So uh yeah, I we should have more drag queens in politics <laughs> in the UK Amen. politics. It, well, <laughs> I think American. everywhere. I think drag, we should have more drag queens everywhere. Yeah. Bringing people together and making things a little more lighthearted. Or, yes. I do, and I think it, it it teaches you own it teaches you a lot of things about identity. Forces you to be vulnerable. There's a vulnerability as well. I think to drag. That, but also a power, of but a power, a real power. Yeah. There's a lot of contradictions that I I just think are unbelievably fascinating about drag, and and I think that. Everybody could learn a lot about themselves. A lot of straight men. If we could get a lot of straight men in drag, that's <laughs> when it would all change. <laughs> Have we had a straight man on Drag Race? No, yet? we haven't. That's We've had. Um, I think Cynthia Lee Fontaine identifies as bisexual. Okay. So I think there's very few. Um, but there have been a few. We've got one in our. We've actually got a married drag couple in our crew that's called Fanny, Fanny Minka and Robin with a Y. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're fab. I love that. Yeah, so good, And I love that. It's very brave and ballsy of a straight man to do that, you know, in Mm. in today's society. He is Mm. wonderful, and he's also a massive campaigner. He's just a wonderful human being. That's great. And I'm like, that's what I mean about changing the world. If everyone could be a bit like that, we would not be in this pickle, would we? Yeah. (laughs) I think it's more than a fucking pickle, to be honest. Okay, look. What is your favorite ever drag performance that you've seen? Not on RuPaul's Drag Race, just in life. Oh, there's so there's so many because I get to travel the world and see them all over the place. Do you know some of my favorite ever drag performances? I'm not just saying it because you're here. Are from you, Jackie Potato? Oh, I'm going to tell you about. I'm going to tell you about this amazing time that Jackie performed a lip sync of Halo with her anal Halo. Oh, yes. very think, British. Yeah, very. How would that go down on RuPaul's Drag Race? It wouldn't. <laughs> Censorship. Well, it could be a late night version. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> could be. I just remember watching that, thinking, "This is this is happening." Well, I've this seen a lot happening. of Christine-like performances. Yes. Yeah. Um, rolling around in some Something. substances, yeah. juices, biscuits. Yeah, yes. just biscuits. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um. I love those, though. Me too. Yeah. Lee Bowery. We, oh, course, oh, Lee Bowery. I mean, that was actually one of my biggest, um, like, the first, I guess my first time I saw someone that was otherworldly, you know, and like, I want to be that human being. I used to party with Lee. No, you did not. Well, yeah, because I was one of Suzanne Barch's girls. So that's how I met Rue at wow. a Suzanne Barch party. And we used to do the same parties together. I was hired to run the voguing troupe in Vogue. And Rue was Rue and Lee was there and, and people were there. But at at the end of the day, I was raised on that type of drag. That's People forget 
the kids don't know, and maybe people forget, or maybe not, that Rue comes from that. Yeah. That's where Rue comes right. from. Yeah. You yeah. see this polished mm-hmm. glamazon yeah. now, but Rue had a journey. You I know? think that journey is why Rue can say anything he wants about any kind of, course, of drag because he's seen it all. But people don't know yeah. that, or people forget that. Rue is every challenge that we do on RuPaul's Drag Race comes from something that Rue has experienced yeah. in his career. As twisted as it sounds. Could we have ever imagined <laughs> no. drag queens on the Beeb? No. Bravo to them, though. Meant to be. I yeah, know, I can't honestly, be really that's, that's the best thing. It's really huge. But oh, you've been dancing, haven't you, girl? Sturdy thigh. <laughs> well, you know me, jumping up on tables. <laughs> so what are the differences, Michelle, between the UK and the US drag scene? When you're actually out on a night out. Well, I think the effects of RuPaul's Drag Race um, in a positive way have... I see no negative effects of RuPaul's Drag Race. So for me, listen, I'm going to go back to me coming to New York City and being raised in the drag gay scene, right? And ballroom scene. Being raised by femme queens and butch queens and drag queens. And for me, you know, drag was always in the margins. It was never acceptable. It was never mainstream. And I don't think it'll ever be mainstream. So when people say, well, drag is mainstream now, it's absolutely not mainstream. You might think it's mainstream. We get paid more. That's all I care about. That's the only difference, (laughs) but it's not. It's Mainstream is Julia Roberts. Yes. Let's be honest. It's true. That's mainstream where every single person knows who you're talking about. I can still say, do you ever hear RuPaul and people will go, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's rare, but it does happen. So it's mm. not it's not mainstream. So for me, drag was always like, oh, she's she's a drag queen. And it was never taken seriously, which always made me go, what? This is the most incredible yeah. art form I've ever seen, which is why I was always drawn to it. Um, that in the ballroom scene. And that's kind of what I grew up on. So for me, it has changed, obviously, because of RuPaul's Drag Race. It's not the way it was when I first met Ru. When mm. I first met Ru, she was wearing an Afro wig, put her own makeup on, wore little mini skirts, no padding, no anything, no corsetry. Yeah. And Ru was just kind of Ru. Um, and, and things obviously have changed. We all grow. Yeah. So the scene has completely changed. And it has to. It has to. Correct. That's the evolution. That's what So it is. because of RuPaul's Drag Race, it's a whole different scene in the States. And it's amazing to see even some of our girls who have left earlier. I see them two or three years later and they're whole new queens. Right. It's no. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah. It makes me so happy and proud like a mother to these kids, you know. And here it has had some effect here, it but def- not fully. I think, when did you feel the effect, Jackie? Because I know about, for me, about five, because we started Sink the Pink actually 10 years ago when... No, I remember, I know about the parties. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my entry into drag was very, very loose and very hedonistic. And, you know, we were longing to have a wild time Mm. and get get all all messy together and party, party, party. And it was great. I I loved that energy and I loved the punkishness of it. Um, And... And, you know, to a certain extent, like, I am interested in growing as a person and changing and moving, but I'm not super interested in taking it into massive professionality. For me, I'd rather stay a bit cultish or a bit, a little bit background. Um, but um, I've noticed... And that's fair. And that's yeah. fair. Yeah. And, but I noticed, like, the, the party changes, like you say, sort of like four or five years ago, whatever, RuPaul's effect, um, brought younger queens through who take it professionally and bypass that um, hedonistic, wild party they go, they phase. They go straight they for the coins. have a few drinks. But essentially, they're there to do the job. And we used to really very half or quarter do that job, but that was kind of, <laughs> but that was funny to watch. Too. When yeah. I met Rue at the Suzanne parties, so she paid us to, she, I, okay, I used to 
Vogue in the ballroom scene. And I would compete with Femme Queens, being one of the first, if not the first, biological female to walk a, a Vogue category, uh, yeah. voguing category. Um, and then girls started competing mm-hmm, after mm-hmm. that. And then it got really competitive. Um, so point being, when we would, Suzanne Barge hired me to have, there was about five of us voguing at all of her parties and Rue would be there. We would vogue for, I don't know, half an hour. Yeah go off, they would all drink, and we would get paid. But literally the boys would say to me, because I never drank, they would say, um, you keep my $50, because yeah. it was like $300 to split between the five of us. You do the maths. And they go, can I have your drink tickets? So it was very that. that we didn't us. get a lot of work done. It was a party. Lee Bowery's in the middle of the party. You know, mm-hmm. Rue's there. And it's about meeting your people. It's about right? being that's partying with about. your tribe. And that's definitely yeah. why we started. It was a group of friends. And we, I think, all we were all the broken biscuits in the biscuit tin. That's we it. all found each other. And it was just like, my God, there's other people that are as mental as me. And it just so turns out we're getting cab money at the end of the Correct. night. That's all we cared about. So... That is the end of the show. Thank Ooh, you. camp. A camp, indeed. So I want to thank the amazing, the camp, Jackie Potato. Thanks very much. And, of course, the divine Michelle Vazard. Oh, go on. Who, by the way, if you haven't seen, you need to you need to go and watch, and everybody's talking about Jamie. It's on you. T- are you on until the end of January? January 26th. Exactly. You have to watch her. She's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's fuck the world up with drag, shall Let's we? Let's do it. Join us next week when we're talking about the rise of the female drag queen with Titi Bang and my wife Amy Zing will be in the studio. Plus, she looks amazing in a pair of stilettos. It's Radio 1's Nick Grimshaw. So there you go. And every episode they come back. It's new guests. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's really nice. Um, it's niche maybe, but I think one of the things about podcasts that I really like, or good podcasts, is that if they're good, and I like this one, even if you're not part of that subculture or niche, it's fascinating to listen to. Yeah, but niches can take over the world. I mean, yeah. you know, look at how popular RuPaul's Drag Den Right, is. right. No, yeah. RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> they should call it RuPaul's Drag Race. Look Queen's how Den. popular yeah. RuPaul's Drag Race is. Uh, it is yeah. massive. Um, in the United States, there was this uh, show called Monster Garage, and it was all about these guys souping up trucks in their garage. Like, So it was all about mechanics working on engines, and I don't know anything about that. I don't really even have an interest in things like that. I'm never going to soup up a truck. But seeing people who are passionate about mm-hmm. it doing it was fascinating. Yeah, it's great. And for me, it's the same with Drag Queen's Den and, and podcasts like that. Anyway, so if you like that and you want to hear more, uh, just go search for it in BBC Sounds and subscribe. We'll see you next time. Bye.